Hello and welcome to the second episode of What Are You Doing? Today it is uh, with a wonderful guest, Jana Slavinsky. It is the 23rd of March, 2019, officially spring, and we're going to talk about her rugby career, what she's doing now, what her future plans are, and basically how she got to where she is. So Jana, what are you doing? Uh, so currently I attend Queen's University and I'm in my master's. I'll be finishing up pretty soon. So I'm studying occupational therapy um, and I also play a lot of rugby. That is an understatement. <laughs> Before you went into occupational therapy, you worked somewhere else for a bit of time, right? Yeah, so um, after completing my undergrad, I moved to Calgary and spent two years working at Spinal Cord Injury Alberta as a specialized fitness coordinator. Very nice. Yeah, so basically just a, a personal trainer for people with disabilities. And what pushed you to take that break? Um, I was so burnt out after my undergrad. Um, I was too involved. like 100%. Yeah, retrospectively, it was way too much at the time. Like I, I loved everything that I was part of. Um, but, but yeah, now I recognize that <laughs> I was overcommitted in my undergrad so do you feel like you've learned how to balance life a little bit better I'm definitely improving um I have a lot more flexibility in my schedule now where I give myself more flexibility so if I start feeling too stressed out or kind of run down then I'll just give myself a night to recover or or do something that is a little bit more restful yeah and you had also come from playing um high level rugby well pretty high-level rugby in at Acadia University and All-Star All-Canadian and getting many, many awards <laughs> and definitely being a standout player to when you finished your undergrad, you kind of took a step back from rugby. And I kind of saw that as you were not done with your rugby career, but just playing more for enjoyment and club. And then that's kind of when you started to get noticed or whatever. Can you speak to your your journey to the national program? Yeah, so when I was at Acadia, I was so invested in trying to make it to the next level and play rugby for Canada. Um, spent a lot of time training and just trying to become good enough to play at that level. Uh, and then once that didn't happen and I moved out west, um, I, I wasn't even going to play club initially, but realized I needed to make some friends, so <laughs> um, I joined um, a fantastic club in Calgary, the Saracens, and uh, there's actually a little group of us from Nova Scotia that played there, so oh, nice. it's kind of how I got brought um, to play with that team. And then the following year, I took completely off of rugby. I wanted to have a summer where I had weekends, and I was living in Calgary, so the mountains are really close and I was like I actually want to go camping and hiking and mm -hmm. take advantage of the mountains while I'm living here so um, after that I played another summer with the Saracens and I knew that I was going to be attending Queens in the fall so I had a year of eligibility left and wanted to to use it so kind of knew, okay, I'm going in at 24, <laughs> like, I need to be in as good a shape as I can be just to keep up, like, I had no expectations of, of, uh, kind of making it with Canada at that point, like, I just kind of thought my, my time had passed, and I had a good experience with Queens, and 
uh, just happened to be in the right place at the right time and got noticed and went on my first tour in November 2017. And you were just nominated for 2018 Women's 15th Player of the Year. Yeah, that's so, <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> no, well, remarkable, remarkable athlete for sure. Um, and you, you've been playing back row basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, primarily flake, so I'm, I'm pretty happy there. So you've come a long way uh, from those Acadia days, but even before that, you had dealt with a, a, a number of adversities, I'd say. The one that sticks out to me, just because I've experienced it as well and didn't realize how hard it was, um, is the ACL. So when did you do that? So that was in my grade 12 season um, in May. I don't remember the exact date, but yeah, so... I had done a track meet in the morning and then went to a rugby game and um, it's kind of funny now but it was one of my best friends kicked the ball and I went to chase it and when I uh, was trying to make the tackle uh, my cleat just got stuck in the grass and there went my ACL. (laughs) Yikes. Um, Did you end up playing at Acadia that coming into that fall or? No, I had always planned on taking a year off after high school. I wasn't entirely sure like what path I wanted to take or where I wanted to go to school. I knew that I didn't want to stay um, close to home. So it kind of worked out well that I was able to have knee surgery and recover. And initially I had planned on taking my first year off of rugby and then trying out my second year. But I think it was less than two days or something after I'd said that to my parents that I got an email from the head coach at Acadia, Matt, asking me to take a look at their program. And I was like, well, I guess I'm going to school in Nova Scotia. I guess I'm playing rugby in September. So um, it was kind of a push to to get my recovery done in time and cleared for contact. So, yeah. Have you dealt with any other injuries since then? Uh, I mean, I think every rugby player does. I remember, if I can interject here. I remember playing in the AUS final with you. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure you had a dislocated like elbow or shoulder or something, and you, I, you were captain at the time, and you kept playing, and you might have had tears, right, but you were so determined. I've never seen that kind of like <laughs> motivation and like beast from inside to keep pushing forward. It was quite inspirational, I thought. Yeah, it was just a separation. I didn't dislocate it, but <laughs> it, looked, it looked bad. It looked bad. Yeah, I think that was one of like the hardest decisions I made because we went into overtime and mm-hmm. I knew like like selfishly I wanted to continue playing but I knew that like I didn't have any more tackles left in me and yeah it was a very difficult decision to to pull myself from that game uh, yeah but I guess since then um I hurt my back pretty bad in training camp uh my year at Queens I took a knee well, I knocked the ball on first and then <laughs> went to dive All on these it. Stories are <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, if I just played better. Um, yeah, so I like dove on the ball and I don't know if it was a cleat or a knee in my low back, mm-hmm. um, but I had a pretty severe um, kind of impingement and uh, a lot of spasming going on. Okay. So I, like, I couldn't even stand up straight for a week and I still have um, lack of sensation in the area and. I had, <laughs> I had an issue with peeing my pants for a while, <laughs> but that's fine. We're over that now. <laughs> so now I'm only 24 and I have to start wearing a diaper. <laughs> but no, we're good. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, other than that, 
I've been pretty fortunate to, to have nothing too, too major. Mm-hmm. When you first started playing rugby, yes, did you find it hard to kind of fall into that sport? Because at the time it was a lot less available. It, it's not at the level as it is now where you're seeing young high school girls mm-hmm. already touching a ball and being exposed to it, but there wasn't much exposure when you started. How did you fall into the sport? So the Alberta school system is a little bit different. We have a junior high, so that's grades 7, 8, and 9. So when I was in grade 9, we had a touch rugby league between the other junior highs in my town, and they just needed more girls to come out, and they knew that I played other sports. So they're like, yeah, come do this. And then, uh, yeah, I I enjoyed it. I didn't really understand it at all. (laughs) (laughs) And then the following year, when I went into high school, that's when it became tackle rugby, and... A few of my good friends that uh, I had met through classes were going to play, so I decided I would continue trying it. And it wasn't... I honestly didn't really like it at first. I didn't understand the game and being fairly athletic kind of my whole life. Like, sports usually came naturally to me, so I was like, what is this ruck? Like, what does this mean? (laughs) Um, So it wasn't until I tried out for um, a rep team that summer that I had uh, a better idea of, of what was going on. I was like, oh, wow, this is actually really cool. <laughs> what drew you to the sport? Like, what was cool about it? Um, hmm, that's a good question. So I grew up playing lacrosse. Like, I started playing box lacrosse when I was five years old. So I'd always been involved with contact sports. Um, I think I liked how much, like, field there was to run. I didn't really like tackling until I got to Acadia. Um, and I just the community too like the community is so different in rugby than any other sport that I've been a part of mm-hmm. so like yeah you like it's still a game and like you still run around you do whatever um, but it's like after the games and the time that you spend with your teammates that I think really drew me in I think it's such an intense sport too that mm-hmm. that's how you build those bonds so quickly aside from other sports I in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what's your training looking like now? Um, <laughs> off season. <laughs> so uh, I play with the women's 15s program, so we're not centralized, which kind of works out really well for people in my situation that we're still in school and kind of trying to simultaneously pursue careers outside of rugby as well as um, play at a high level. So it's, it's very, um, I guess, self-driven and requires a lot of motivation. Um, so I lift usually three days a week and I do two speed sessions a week. Um, and then I kind of do conditioning on top of that and skill sessions um, with Dan Valley, who's the head coach at Queens. What motivates you? Um, I think I'm a really competitive person like in all aspects, like I always want to, um, not necessarily be the best at things, but I want to be able to compete to, to be at that highest level. Uh, I've also had so many people support me through this. So like all my coaches, obviously. And, um, so my SNC coach is James Young. <gasps> no. Yeah, right? Oh my god. <laughs> I was yeah, I was really really lucky. So, um when I started with Canada, I was 
so small like I had been sick in that fall and lost like almost 15 pounds so uh, yeah I was I was very small and kind of recognized like if I want to keep doing this like I need to get stronger and just get bigger um so I'd been working on that all winter and then I knew James was in Ottawa last summer I guess it would have been so I messaged him, like, hey, taking on any clients right now? Um, so he, yeah, he's... Is he still in Ottawa? No, he's oh, he's in New Zealand now doing his PhD. Oh, well, good yeah. for him. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, so he's been so great. And just, like, knowing that people like him are taking time out of their days to help me out. Like, it's like, all right, like, I, I need to do every workout and mm-hmm. kind of get every rep in just, like, to honor, like, the time and commitment that he's made to my progress, so... Who, do you have any inspirational or people you look up to or any mentors that have helped you along the way? I know you speak on all the people that kind of support you, but is there any figures that you would like to just kind of... <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I have, this is something I do need to work on. Um, I fangirl my teammates so yeah. <laughs> much. It's like embarrassing. <laughs> um, so I guess like all of my teammates are are all people that, like, I just as- aspire to be, like, like their work ethic, just mm-hmm. how dedicated they are, how they make things work. Um, like, Karen Peckin, uh, she's back now, so she's with the Sevens program now, so I'm not, kind of, I've always grown up watching. Um, her and then, like, Latoya Blackwood, so in my first year in Calgary, I got to see her play against New Zealand. And at that moment, I was like, hmm, I don't know if I could ever play at this level. <laughs> She's so good. <laughs> so it's just, it's really cool. And uh, there's a lot of, of women who have worked really hard to pave the way um, to make rugby a thing for women in Canada. So I uh, like just have so much respect for all of them. So currently, when you're not playing rugby, you're in Kingston, you're working towards your occupational therapist accreditation, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're about to leave to do your placement right what else are you involved with um so I do work I work overnights um typically so in my undergrad I served for all four years worked at a cool little pub (laughs) (laughs) um so just with in terms of my classes and training like an overnight job was kind of all that I could take on so it's it's how do you sleep Uh, I'm allowed to sleep while I'm at work which is cool so it's a program that one of the hospitals in Kingston facilitates, and it's for individuals with brain injuries. Mm. And they're too independent to live in long-term care facilities, but not independent enough to live um, without support. So I'm kind of there to help with nighttime and morning routines, and uh, if if they need any help during the night or like getting in and out of bed to use the bathroom, then they'll just like there's an alarm that goes off that wakes me up. So it's not a great sleep, and I do have to kind of plan my training around it, because I like I know I'm not going to be a hundred percent the next mm-hmm. day. Um, so yeah, I work there. I help coach one of the high schools in Kingston. This past season, since I was out of eligibility, I helped coach with the Queens team. Uh, I can't really say I helped coach. I hung out at their practices and <laughs> kind of gave feedback. <laughs> when I could but it was really cool Um, I really enjoyed that Um, with my program I found it very difficult to be involved in like a volunteer capacity because there's times where I take 
take off for eight weeks to go on a placement. Mm -hmm. So it's been hard to kind of make a long-term commitment anywhere. But yeah, I just try to get involved with the community when I can. You're definitely one of the busiest people I know. (laughs) I always, I remember as a rookie coming in and I had joined the Acadia Kinesiology Society and you were on it. And I think you had won student of the month and they listed like everything you had done or everything you were like involved with and that I mean I know that that burnout kind of was because you overdid it Mm -hmm. but how did you end up in kind of that position where you were doing so much and how did you find because I don't remember you ever slacking on any of your commitments like you kept to everything um yeah, and again, I have no regrets with how involved I was at Acadia. Like, every experience that I had there was so, so meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think has really influenced kind of the path that I chose at OT. Um, so I guess, how did I, like, how did I get into, like, Everything. taking on less? Or... Yeah, well, I'd like, just maybe let the listeners know what you were involved with. And then how, yeah, listed all, and then how you kind of took a step back from doing something like that to okay. taking a year off. Um, so I was doing a bachelor's in kinesiology, and I usually overloaded in the semester because you could take six classes and it was the same cost in mm-hmm. tuition. <laughs> um, and then I was on the kinesiology society as a representative for my year um as a leader in smile and would fill in when they needed instructors and smile just to oh, interject sorry. again that's <laughs> yeah. a sensory motor instructional learning leadership experience leadership experience yeah if you want to speak a little bit on that oh it's so amazing so yeah. um university students are paired one-to-one or two university students to one child uh with a disability and basically just playing for a morning or an evening depending on the day you do it um and yeah the focus isn't at all on their disability it's on just giving them the experience of being a kid and playing in the pool or i did thursday mornings in my last year and i was smiling ear to ear when I like saw the kid run out of the locker room to say hi to me and then by the time like it just set the tone for the day I loved it too it's yeah it's such a great experience and um I was honestly so intimidated to first get involved with smile like I hadn't really been around anybody with a disability before so Mm -hmm. I was like I hate to say it but I was hesitant and I just didn't know what to expect but was such a great great program and mm-hmm. very happy that I was able to participate in it um, so yeah I did that and then what else was there cardiac rehab um, uh, older <laughs> I can't even remember yeah active aging for older adults um, I helped out with relay for life you also worked. I worked. I worked quite a bit, actually. Yeah, yeah. I remember, I feel like you had, like, two jobs at one point. Yeah, I did for, I think, two years. Wow. Yeah, yeah so I was, I was busy. What time did your mornings usually start at? Um, I would usually get up, I, I would say, at least 6, 6.30. Um, yeah, and sometimes I'd have to finish assignments <laughs> early in the morning or uh, if we had lift early morning lift mm-hmm. then getting to the gym on time um, it, 
I don't know if this is something that I should say out loud, but there are multiple times that I just slept at school um, in the kin lab. Yes, <laughs> which, yeah, yeah. Which, uh, sorry. <laughs> no, not a bad thing. Sorry. I got to, to know the custodians. Oh, quite no. Well. I didn't yeah. realize it was like all through the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like an overnight thing because I'd be doing homework so late and then it's like, oh, I have to be here in two hours. I might as well just oh, stay. Yeah. yeah, so. Yeah, that was not good. Yeah, that's... Do not recommend that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And so when you took the step back, was it because other people were kind of noticing either a change in behavior or you were mm-hmm. starting to just feel so exhausted? You know, I kind of pushed through until school came to an end. Um, kind of all of our programs that I was involved with corresponded with our semesters. So once I got to finals... I survived, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then I moved out west. So I I looked quite um, thoroughly for opportunities to be involved with, but it's hard when you don't have um, the connection through university. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's that's one thing that I'm really grateful for with Acadia is that there's such a developed community there and good networking opportunities. Yeah, and I found especially with the Kin program, all of our professors really encouraged us to to be involved and um to to really just like buy into the Acadia and Wolfville community. Yeah, they always talk about like the Acadia experience. Mm-hmm. And I think they're also like amazing role models with how involved they all are mm-hmm. and like how often like they just show up or put in the extra hours on yeah. campus. So is yeah, definitely um something to aspire to. In your downtime, what do you like to do? Mm, I read a, a decent amount, I would say. What type of books do you read? Uh, everything. Yeah? Yeah, I, um, I have, like, four books on the go at any given point, really? yeah, so. What, is there any books you're reading right now? Um, so I started reading Lord of the Rings when I was in England last. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'm halfway through the first one, but I think that's something that I'll just keep for kind of when I'm on tours, mm-hmm. um, because there's a lot, or it'll take me long enough that it'll keep going for a while. Uh, I'm also reading Seven Fallen Feathers. What's that about? So that's about, um, it's about Thunder Bay, and there have been seven um, indigenous students mm-hmm. that have been found um, dead in the river there, so it, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's very emotional, and mm-hmm. I think that's part of the reason it's taking me so long to get through. I can do about a chapter, and like, okay, I need a, like, a week break, to digest yeah. this and, and take it all in, and I have a lot of family in that area, mm-hmm. so kind of when they're talking about all the geographical landmarks or different towns like it's it's very vivid for me um but I do think that that's really important to to read and just to try to understand the experience of like other Canadians and yeah yeah yeah, how like what they're going through so in for Christmas my dad got me a book um Truth and Conviction which was is a, a story of an indigenous man who was wrongfully convicted for a crime and basically it was his fight in Nova Scotia is Donald Marshall Jr. I believe mm-hmm. and it was his fight for trying to create or even allowing the Mi'kmaq people to use, speak in their language because they also became like really ostracized by the English or the Canadian way of um, punishment and yeah that was incredibly eye-opening too to just like yeah I think that lifestyle and yeah, I think it has gotten better um, 
with like the reconciliation and in terms of what students are learning in like elementary school mm-hmm. and junior high and high school. Um, but just thinking like we skimmed the surface on, oh, on things. So just trying to actually understand more. And uh, so with OT, a lot of our focus is being client centered and trying to understand people from a cultural perspective as well. Yeah. So I think it's like important to try to educate yourself and at least be more, I w- it's not even being like culturally literate, but just being cult- culturally aware and just having like a an appreciation. Yeah, for, yeah, exactly. There's a lot of different cultures out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there any books you'd recommend? I would definitely recommend Seven Fallen Feathers. Um, also, my other go-to for recommendations is The Alchemist. Oh my gosh, I read that in grade 12. I loved it. It's so good. Yeah, I yeah. really like that, that one. That was like a life-changing book for me. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's neat. I didn't know that. Yeah. Aside from books, what else do you enjoy to do on your downtime? Um, I love pretty much anything that gets me moving. Mm-hmm. So... I'll do yoga, I'll go for hikes, um, I really like camping, kind of like any sports that I can get involved with, into cooking and baking. Yeah. I like to eat, so it's yeah. a good... <laughs> My mom always said, if you like to eat, you have to know how to cook. Yep, so I do that. And I've been watching a lot of movies lately. What type of movies? Um, well, I've been on like an Oscars kick, so... I was going to ask if it, you were trying to catch up to one of the awards or something. Yeah, yeah, so there's this cute little theater in Kingston called The Screening Room, mm-hmm. so it's a little independent theater, and they've been kind of playing um, all of the movies that have, were nominated for Oscars. Did you cry if you, when you watched Shallow? Pardon me? Did oh. you cry when you watched Shallow? <laughs> like a baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was with my friends, and the theater lights came on, and it came on immediately, like right after the credits, and I was like red-faced bawling, and I was like, the lights came on really fast, <laughs> I wasn't ready. Yeah, yeah, that was an ugly cry for sure. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah, really good. All right, Miss Jana, we're going to break up the interview a little okay. because we hit some hard-hitting topics there. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I don't want to say I'm intimidated by you, but there's... <laughs> you should absolutely not be <laughs> intimidated. <laughs> I think I've looked up to you for such a long time that I'm kind of fangirling too. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to hit you with some rapid-fire questions. You ready? All right. Uh, milk chocolate or dark chocolate? Dark chocolate. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Oh, can I come back to that one? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, books or TV? Books. Mountains or ocean? Ooh, uh, mountains. Tattoos? I have four. Ooh, tell me about them. Um, I have a bird on my foot. I have um, a bear with wild roses for Alberta on my ribs. I have a maple leaf on my wrist and I have Crossed axes on my butt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the classic axe tattoo. Yes. How old were you when you got your first tattoo? I was 19. Okay, so yep. you waited the legal age and yep. have to get parent guardian signature. Um, where were we? Oh, favorite type of beer. Mm, I, I'll i go Guinness. That's my go-to. My girl! That was my five. <laughs> I love Guinness. Um, what's your go-to meal to cook? Um, kind of like a Buddha bowl. Mm. What's your base? Uh, I'll usually do like quinoa or brown rice. And oh, then nice. some spinach and roasted veggies. And I like a good peanut sauce. What's your favorite dessert? 
Oh, I have such a sweet tooth. Um, hmm. Blueberry pie with vanilla ice cream. Perfect. <laughs> Would you live in the country or in the city? Country. Yeah. Any pets? Uh, my parents have a dog. She's the best. Would you want to get a dog? I, yes, I'm getting a dog. <laughs> Do you know what type? Uh, no, I'm going to rescue one, I think. Very nice. Very yeah. nice. Please. Favorite TV show? Um, right now, Queer Eye. Mm, I've heard that's good. I haven't started watching it. It's amazing. If you had any superpower, what would it be? Oh, I have a good answer for this one. Yes. Um, to be able to speak any dialect. Whoa. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, this is my favorite one because I actually identify with a certain type of animal. But what is your spirit animal? Um, I think that I would be a wolf. Nice. Yeah. I could see it. Why don't you get a wolf tattooed on you? Uh, so my brother and I actually got the bears okay. done together. Um, so do you want to hear the story? Yes, please. Okay, so growing up, we had this <laughs> book about bears that we both just loved. And then we hiked the West Coast Trail uh, with a couple of my old roommates uh, the summer before I started at Queens. And we saw a black bear, like, pretty close on the beach to us. And that, at that moment, we're like, yeah, that's what, that's what our tattoo is going to be. Kind of came to you. Yeah. If you had, a, if there was a movie about your life, who would, uh, who would play you? Um, I would love to say Gal Gadot, but uh, I have no idea. <laughs> Biggest pet peeve? Uh, people who litter. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Describe yourself in three words. Oh, um, awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Times three. Um, awkward. I, I would like to say that I am. I don't. Can you help me? Endearing. Well, that's a nice one. Um, and maybe spontaneous. Ooh, yeah. I like that. And I know you probably haven't had that much time to think about it, but last or best piece of advice you've been given? I don't know who told me this, but somebody has told me to control the controllables. So, like, I'll put it in the perspective of rugby. There's so much that you have no say over, like who you're playing, kind of how, what goes on in the field, like what the ref does, all of this, but like you can put in the work, like you can go to the gym, you can make sure your fitness is as good as it can be. All right, let's, uh, let's talk about future plans. So you're about to, you leave Kingston in one month and you're heading to Peterborough. Yep. Um, so I have an eight week placement in Peterborough, well Campbellford, but I'm staying in Peterborough. So I'll be with a geriatric community team, mm -hmm. which it'll be cool. It's like a, a combination of physical and mental health mm -hmm. placement. Um, so I'll you be feel there. well prepared for it. No, no, <laughs> no not at all. But that's okay. Yeah. Um, OT is one of those programs where it's so broad that you like you understand kind of what everything is, but not in depth. Mm -hmm. So it's not really until you're in. A situation or um, say like you're on a placement or you start a job that you can really start to understand what's involved so yeah. and it changes like all the time yeah so I mean I'll try to prepare as much as I can but just take it day by day and hope for the best that's good and after after that those eight weeks yeah so um, after those eight weeks I'm hoping to be selected for the top five tour to San Diego so that'll be Canada, U.S., France, England, and New Zealand. Mm -hmm. So that lasts for three weeks, and then I do another eight-week placement after that. Really? So just placement, rugby, placement, rugby kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. So that's 
probably looking like the whole summer. Yep, that's <laughs> pretty much it. And in the fall, is there future plans there, or is that just see what happens? So I'll be moving back out west to Calgary. Um, I write my national exam for OT in November at some okay. point, so I've kind of been thinking a lot about this. I'll probably get a job at like a restaurant or something mm-hmm. serving uh, so I can study during the day and train and then write my exam, and then hopefully the November tour for rugby will take place, and then... Mm-hmm. I mean, ideally, I'll start work right after in my dream job, but we'll see how that works. Yeah. Do you find you've always had the same kind of, not goals, but a path? Do you feel like it was very much like high school Jana? Is this what she kind of thought she would be doing? Um, actually, not too far off. I thought that I would be in physio. Mm-hmm. That was kind of my intention at that time. So... Occupational therapy, physical therapy, same thing, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I wanted to be playing rugby at this level. I think I've had a lot of variation throughout my time, or that time. Uh, So it was was funny, when I was in Wolfville to watch uh, Rugby Nationals this fall, someone came up to me and he's like, wow, like, all of your dreams came true, like, blah, 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 Mm -hmm. like... Yeah, I guess, but, like, there was a time where this wasn't my dream anymore, and, mm-hmm. like, I maybe that is kind of sad that I, like, gave up hope on it, but at the same time, I'm so grateful because it, it gave me time and freedom to realize that there's more to life than rugby, and, mm-hmm. like, I, I do love it so much, and it is, I would say, like, one of the top priorities in my life, but there was a time where it wasn't. I think it's important, too, to note that, like, you're human, too, and you can have those periods of, I don't know, doubt or even just taking a step back and sometimes that's the healthiest thing yeah. you can do. Well, I think if I went straight from undergrad into like the national program, then like I wouldn't have moved to Calgary and worked at SCI Alberta and then figured out that, like, oh, I actually want to be an OT when I grow up and mm-hmm. started a program for like OT. So and I, I think that it all kind of fell into place how it was supposed to and I'm so fortunate to be able to both like pursue a career in OT and um, play rugby at the national or international level I guess. Yeah, pretty cool. Where's the coolest place you've traveled to? Ever? Ever. Mm-hmm. And then maybe with the rugby team. So I've only gone to the UK with the rugby team. Mm-hmm. So we did England in my first tour and then England, Wales and Scotland in my second tour. Um, so playing at Twickenham was pretty, pretty incredible, incredible. yeah, Yeah. and it was really special. My, it was my first game, um, starting with the team, and my brother flew out for it, so yeah, that was, like, a very, very special. Did you cry when they did that anthem? So, I haven't cried during an anthem yet. I think that, uh, I think that it'll happen one of these days, though. Um, but in my lifetime, I would say, I did a trip to Hawaii when I was... 20 maybe 19 20 I think it was 20 um my high school went on a trip and I got to chaperone oh no way yeah yeah one of my like good friends her dad was the principal so yeah pulled some strings (laughs) um and we hiked it's called the Kalalau Trail Mm -hmm. so it's a 10 mile hike and it gives you access to a beach that's you can only get to by foot or by boat wow yeah and it was so beautiful was it deserted like were there many people there or there there's a lot of like hippies that kind of live there oh cool yeah yeah it was it was interesting but it was 
amazing. Like the most beautiful place I've ever been. What's the proudest moment you've had in your life or in your rugby career? Hmm. That's really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. I, that's a, I have no idea. Um, I was pretty proud of myself this past tour, so it was in our game against Scotland, and we played a lot of rugby in a short period of time, and this is our final game. And we're in a line-out, a defensive line-out, and the ball is overthrown, and I should have had it. So like, I contested for the ball, but the other girl got it, and then I was just like not in a good position to tackle, so I missed my tackle, and she scored. And one of our captains came up to me and basically just looked at me and said, like, get over it. So then I was like, okay, <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the next time that happened, I just, like, flattened this girl. And I was just really proud of myself for that. Good for you. Do you find it hard to manage either your emotions or your mental, not resilience, but if something goes wrong in a game, do you find you have to kind of talk yourself back into it? or? Um, not so much in games. Like, I... I'm very lighthearted when I play, like, mm-hmm. I I'm constantly make jokes and, like, I am probably spend half the game laughing, mm-hmm. <laughs> which, like, I know most people are more serious, but um, almost, I'd say every time I go on, like, either, like, a tour or have a tournament or, like, I'm playing rugby for, um, a, like, string of days, I'll have, I call them, like, mid-tour blues, mm-hmm. um, so... I, th- I think it's, like, a product of fatigue and just, like, trying to take in so much information that I'll just, like, have a breakdown. Yeah. And I just, I don't know how to stop it. I've, <laughs> I've yeah. tried a few things, and I just, like, need an afternoon just to, like, cry and be yeah. sad. <laughs> and, like, I don't know how to how to prevent that, but I at least, like, I'm aware that it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Acknowledging it is pretty, yeah. pretty good. Yeah, and it's, like, one of those things where you can tell yourself so many times, like, this doesn't Don't matter. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like, it's fine, like, you'll get it, like, talk through this with someone, but it's, like, my body's just, like, no, we're we're letting this out in the form of tears. That's a good thing, though, because yeah. it probably feels good to... It's, like, I don't know, I think that it's just, I hit my, like, my max peak and just need to... It's because you give so much, like, at such an intense... Whoops intensity yeah yeah and I think so one of the biggest differences I've noticed stepping up um and playing at the international level is just the speed of things so your brain is trying to process things faster and like just that there's higher expectations Mm -hmm. and you need to really understand your role so trying to keep up with all of that is like very mentally draining Mm -hmm. And then, like, after practice, you have meetings, and you have film, and all this, so, like, you don't really have time to shut off, um, so, and I, I was really fortunate, I became really good friends with a girl on the team this past tour, so we would just, like, sit and watch movies at nighttime, and that, like... That was your deep... Yeah, it was good, like, it just let me stop thinking about rugby for just, like, a couple hours, and I mean, you can always spend some time in the morning, like, visualizing, or trying to to go over things again but like I do think that I need time to just shut off for a little bit. Do you have any advice for anyone who wants to reach that next level? Um I think 
don't know how to say this without sounding kind of rude, but, like, I think so many people have the potential to, to play there mm-hmm. and almost rely on that potential. So it's it's taking advantage of every opportunity you can to play and to learn and to just, like, grow as a player. So I found that this year, like, although I was out of eligibility, and but I still, like, stayed involved with the team, I learned so much about rugby. Um, and I was surrounded by, like, incredible coaches at Queen's that I got to hear, like, their side of things. Right. So that was really, really cool and eye-opening for me. Um, but, yeah, just taking taking advantage was of opportunities. It hard for you to come to terms with the lack of eligibility? Like, you using up your five years? Um, well, yes, because especially because nationals are held in Wolfville. Yeah, yeah. I think that would have been really cool, but I was fortunate that my last... Um, U-Sport game was against Acadia. Mm. I mean, it was in a blizzard, but <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> um, it, it was difficult, um, and I think that is part of the reason why I wanted to kind of help out with the team, was because like I didn't know what to do with yeah. a fall where I wasn't playing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But then again, at the same other side of the coin, you're, you go from playing at university level to playing national, so as much as it's hard to give up that eligibility, you're starting kind of a new journey with the national, playing at an international level, which is quite amazing. Yeah. Do you have any advice for people who are trying to find that balance in life or have trouble saying no to committing to too much? Um, So I am very obsessed with my agenda. (laughs) So a lot of it is just planning and prioritizing and kind of recognizing ahead of time like so for example on Mondays I have class from 9 30 until 6 p.m so I know that when I get home at 6 30 on Monday night like I'm not gonna want to study I'm not gonna want to train like I just I need that night to just recover mm-hmm. um so I think looking for like or anticipating when you're gonna need time and then also just being flexible with it and recognizing like oh I'm like really um, I'm really irritated right now or like I, I'm i so tired right now like all I want to do is nap like go have that nap like you your body wants it so just kind of picking up on cues like that is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners I guess probably that I think so many people put a lot of pressure on themselves <laughs> sorry rather it be um like for school and trying to reach certain grades or like with rugby trying to get to like that next level that just taking time to like appreciate where you're at and like really looking into the reasons why you're doing something and enjoying it. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Well, Jana, thank you so, so much for spending some time with me today. Thanks for driving from Kingston to Ottawa for the visit. You're ray of sunshine i love seeing you so well thank you for having me i hope it wasn't just too much rambling (laughs) not at all this is still a work in progress so (laughs) hopefully you listeners enjoyed it and if there's any stories you'd like to share please reach out to me as well as any feedback or um, any comments on how to make this better as well as throwing this out there if anyone knows how to make a good jingle or some kind of intro <laughs> music that I could add. I feel like that could really step up this podcast. So help me out, please.
And, uh, yeah, I'll talk to you guys later. Peace and love, friends.